Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that, like, this is a thing that I'm doing that I can talk about. Like, this is the result of me making the choices that made sense without being blocked by people saying, oh, you can't do that. Right. Right? Like, th these, these are the choices that I made to be close to people that rewarded me for being close to them. Mm. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So that's what happened. <laughs> and that's how it is. Um, there's no, there's no need to put a, a label on it or a brand. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Well, welcome to episode 284. We're Finn and Emma, and today, buckle your seatbelts. Mine got, is buckled. We got a fun conversation today. We are going to be talking with Libby, Kier, and Drew, who all live together under the same roof. With, with two kids. With kids and and chaos and love and compassion, and it's beautiful. Yes. This episode covers so many things. We talk a lot about community and collaboration and struggles and joys, and it's just amazing. And parenting <laughs> and secondary parenting and just it, this. So one of the things that I love about this conversation is it, Emma and I tend to follow, as we do our interviews, sort of a a standard trajectory. Maybe it's the engineers in us that we like, <laughs> we like order. Well, this conversation is not a linear or chronological conversation, but what it is, is, is a beautiful conversation between three super thoughtful people who have found a way to relate together, live together and build a life together. And actually there's a fourth person here that, that is off that is off camera. Uh -huh. uh, well, not off camera. He was on camera, uh, <laughs> off microphone. And that, is, and that is Tom. Tom is Libby's other partner, or one of Libby's other partners. And actually, in a couple of weeks, we have another conversation with Libby and Tom. Yes. So this this actually, this episode was recorded on Valentine's night. It was. We were on Zoom with them for like over three hours. We spent our entire Valentine's <laughs> night with them, and they spent theirs with us. Yeah. And we were up till like all hours of the morning. It was super fun. And that's sort of what's happening. So we do a little wave to Tom at the beginning of this one. And we bring Tom back in two weeks for the conversation with Libby and Tom. Yes. We just wanted to explain what all that was about. <laughs> and what all was happening here. And the fun that we had recording this. So thank you, all of you, for, yes. being, for being fun and having fun with us yeah. on your Valentines. Yes. So... We are going to jump into the episode now for anyone who's a premium subscriber. Can I say one more quick thing? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. You'll oh, let sure. me. I just wanted to let everybody know that Libby in this conversation is Libby Simbach from Making Polyamory Work and all of the other amazing non-monogamy work and coaching that you have probably heard about us talk about in the past. Yes. I did not mean to skip over that. I know Now, you now I feel really bad. That's okay. She, I'm sure she'll forgive you. <laughs> She has a great episode on repair. You can go listen to <laughs> right. it, and then you can work on your repair with uh, Libby. Sorry, Libby. Did not mean to skip over this. <laughs> all right. Please go check out all of Libby's work. She's an incredible, incredible support system for the non-monogamy community, and I'm honored to be able to work alongside her and help edit her podcast. Yes. And now, without further ado... Let's go talk to all three of them. Let's go talk to Libby, Kier, and Drew. 
for anyone who's a premium subscriber. For right. For, <laughs> and for the rest of you, <laughs> buckle, rebuckle your seatbelt because we're about to go on another ride. Yes. A few announcements. First up, if you're not familiar with the premium subscription, it's a way to skip these announcements up front, but get you don't worry, you still get the announcements, important dates at the end of the episode. To sign up for only a couple bucks a year, you can go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and scroll down on the homepage. The other thing we have coming up soon is our April virtual meet and greet. April 29th. April 29th. These are open to anybody and everybody. We'd love to have you there. These are a great way to spice up your Saturday night or whatever night of the week, but in this case, it's a Saturday night, Yeah. by meeting amazing people from literally all over the world. Yes. We ask questions. We have fun. We laugh. We sometimes cry. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> we hope to see you there. To sign up, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and click yourself right into the events tab, and you'll find out how to sign up. Yes. And again, the meet and greets are open to anyone. You just must be open-minded and respectful. Next up, if you're out there also looking for community and you're like, well, the meet and greet sounds like a lot of fun and I want to try that, but I also want something more, you might want to, or we would highly encourage you to check out our online community. It's full of incredible humans, if we do say so ourselves, uh, for only a couple bucks a month five bucks a month to be specific, <laughs> you get access to an ongoing community chat platform. Plus you get, uh, we have monthly Q and A's and we have men's groups and women's groups and so much more to check it out. Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the community tab. And the last thing we wanted to tell you about is our favorite way to get tested for STIs. The way that Emma and I get tested, stdcheck.com. It's fast, it's simple, and at $129 when you use the links on our website to save yourself 10 bucks, it's a damn steal. It is. That is a good deal. <laughs> and it supports the show. And it supports the show. And it supports the greater non-monogamy community because now you're informed about your STI status and you can tell all of the people who you want to hook up with and they can be informed and you can be informed and everybody can have the safest sex possible. Yep. At least that's one of the steps. <laughs> And I think that's it. A quick reminder to, to go to our website and click on the resources tab to find the links yes. to save that $10 or in your podcast player show notes. Yes. And while you're there, you can reach out to us, contact us, send us a voicemail, send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Sorry to interrupt you. I knew what you were going to say, but I needed to say that part first. It's all good. The other thing I did want to maybe say really quick for anyone who's still listening is we didn't give you an update on how amazing Southwest Love Fest was last week. No, we did not. Because this is actually multiple days in advance of Southwest Love Fest. <laughs> We're cheating. We are. So at some point, we'll be recording live again, and we'll tell you how amazing Southwest Love Fest is. It's going to be a few weeks, though. It's going to be in May. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. Actually, we'll see you all. <laughs> we'll see you all in an hour after this wonderful conversation with Libby, Kieran, Drew. Let's go before it gets worse. Go, go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Kier, Libby, Drew, and Tom in the background. But anyway, <laughs> waving, waving, nobody knows he's there, but they do now. So happy Valentine's Day. We're celebrating together. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you. Oh, it's fun to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm here. I'm like, I closed my eyes and situated myself to the moment. 
Yay. Well, We're so excited for this conversation. We are. And we actually ordered each one of you a large white Valentine balloon, and then our government shot them down. So <laughs> they never actually arrived <laughs> the way. What a roller coaster. Oh my what, gosh. A, what, a, what a way to start. Jeez. I thought, of, no, it, I, I I thought of that joke during Lots dinner, and it. I've just been excited to get it out there. So. <laughs> All right, we don't need to continue. I just wanted to tell that joke. No. We're, we're excited to have you here. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Can we start just by having each of you briefly introduce yourselves, and then we'll dive in. I'm Libby, uh, she, her, and um, I, I, I'm a podcaster. I'm a relationship coach. I'm a mom of two kids. I'm queer. I'm neurodivergent. Uh and I really love um, to dance and sing and um, hear the sound of my own voice, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, hi, I'm Kier. I like listening to the sound of Libby's voice. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I use either he, him, or they, them pronouns for myself, uh, which I encourage you to do as well. And I care. Uh, you know, my name is Kier and I care, um, <laughs> a lot about everything all the time. Um, when it comes to describing who I am and where I am, what I would say is that I am an outdoor cat that has been domesticated. Yes. <laughs> I, I love it. it. Yes. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> and last, but definitely not least, Hi, I'm Drew. Uh, I he, him, and I'm not used to introducing myself since I haven't had to do it nearly as much since the pandemic. Uh, I need to, I need to bone up on that a little bit. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that for now. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, welcome to all of you. Thank you for being here. And I think maybe the, the best place to start is just like right now today, what does the relationship between the three of you look like. And then we're going to go back in time a little bit and figure out sort of how we got here. Anecdote from this morning. Remember? Oh shit. No, tell me. Oh my gosh. Um, maybe you have to tell it. Maybe. I'm uh, sorry. We had a, <laughs> uh, I had a lovely moment this morning. I am just recovering from, I'm, I'm just recovering from an illness this past week. Oh, okay. No, I got you. And okay. So it's 6 a.m. I, I hop in the shower um, yes. to help decongest myself. Yes. And at that moment, I have a very funny, oh, polyamorous moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I remember. Okay. And I, at that moment, at 6 a.m., what happened is I walk in the bathroom and I'm like, Drew? And no, it's Kier. And, and I open the door and, and it's like, surprise, they're naked in the bathroom, in the shower. But I'm expecting it to be Drew because Tom is sleeping in the bed in our room uh, where uh, like oftentimes Drew will take a shower in the bathroom that's attached to that bedroom. On a good day. And he's very polite though. <laughs> and he's assuming that and I'm, he did not take a shower there this morning because I think he did not just want to walk in and like rouse somebody who came in at, you know, 1230 at night last night. So I just assumed if somebody was showering at 6am that it was going to be Drew. And because he has to get up with kids. And you uh, were very polite. You free, there's a detail, I'm sorry, that you're forgetting that I'm speaks so to how sorry. caring you are. It's you wonderful. Should, you should have prepped me for this interview. I'm sorry. I thought I did. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you came in with a beautifully so folded gray towel. Oh, it's true. So I, you know, the, what I had, the experience that I had was I felt like you were an engine that was running all the way up to opening the door extending your hand out, oh, yeah, lovingly little... walking in half naked and looking beautiful. Oh, that's right. I, mean, I was totally And naked. you, no. you know, you were like, Hey, I brought you a towel. Good morning, Drew. And then you were like, <laughs> Holy sh- who the fuck is this? And I was like, that's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. No, it's me. no that is not what I, I'm not saying who the fuck is this. No, 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 you didn't. You but, didn't. but you're right. Um, I was, well, cause I was, was really, a moment. I was, was really, I was, was really thinking ahead. I remember now and I was really thinking ahead. I was like, Oh my gosh, Drew's in the shower. I bet he doesn't have a towel. He didn't think ahead because he wasn't, you know, he would normally, do, I, I was really trying to be there for him. And it turned out he was in bed asleep. Yeah, I have nothing to add to this story. I was, I was just about to get your take on it, Drew. How, how was this experience for Drew? Isn't it great? What you can add to the story is that I, I thought that that was very charming. And, you know, the more that I think about it, the more I think that that's perfect. Because, you know, you plan ahead and you plan mm-hmm. ahead. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that, in fact, everything is different than what you thought. But actually wonderful. And, a, yeah, you know, a, that's, a wonderful that's really, little moment. That's and really the theme of our, our lives right now. I did sure. tell you yeah. as you were gently waking up. Yeah. this story and it you were not interested in uh my waking you up with it it was a little too enthusiastic <laughs> on my end no, I, so actually, droggy, I was because I, I, I heard this this exchange a little bit oh yeah and that's that's something that happens a lot living in a household with this this yeah. many adults you, yeah you, you hear a lot of uh half-heard relationship moments from, a, from afar uh you miss bits you wonder, is, does that sound stressful? Are they are they, are they happy? Okay? Are they okay? Do they um, just have a fight? They have a fight, or are they are they laughing about something? Are they play fighting? Are they being snarky? Is it serious? Yeah. Is it is it it's it, are they having sex or is it a really good massage? Oh yeah. Or yeah, is this a, is this a <laughs> that's, clap that's, that's in response to a television or show? Is it a spanking? Or or is it the clapper that's in Cure's room that turns yeah, out the yeah, light? Yeah, I have, yeah. I have a, I have an on, a, on, off. Most of the time, machine. it's the clapper and not a spanking. <laughs> I, mean, I which do is need really... to turn the lights on regularly. But sometimes <laughs> they can be both at the same time. It's fun. I mean, yeah, that's that. Yeah, well, we high fived each other the, today yes. and turned the light off. The reason why you should not have a clapper unless your 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 lover really likes theirs is that. It's constantly turning on like the middle of the night when you act, you're like stumbling out of bed and you accidentally make two snapping sounds too close together and it I pops like, on. I, 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 I like how this is a funny way of you complaining about my clapper, but acknowledging that you should still have it if your lover really likes it. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the moral is it's complicated. The dynamic. <laughs> well, we're glad everybody made it. And so if anyone hasn't... Uh, gathered this by now the three of you live together yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes we do and and are relating together mm-hmm. and yes yes we're all partners with each other romantic partners sexual partners life partners some degree of co-parent partners yeah financial partners financial partners business partners <laughs> um yes oh. all of the all of the things yeah yeah we're we're um we're enmeshed as you might call it but and we, and we have to manage every single one of those different relationships a little oh, yeah. differently, and oh, like yeah. <laughs> they each need their own meet, meetings and yeah. thought throughs, and yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and maybe just like high level on that is so there's a s- sort of three dyads. There would be the Libby and Kier, Kier and Drew, Drew and Libby, and then the Libby, Kier and Drew mm-hmm. tri- triad. Yep. So, yeah. 
Okay. Yep. Important information to have. Yep. In the household. And I think something we've said before that, that I hold on to is that the three person dynamic really is the, the lowest priority of the, Mm -hmm, all of mm -hmm, the dynamics. mm -hmm. And that's not because it's less important, but because it's like, it's, it won't work it's without on prioritizing the, the, yeah. the other dynamics. All the dyads. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. it's on top of all the other ones. That's the superstructure. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I guess some other details that might be useful to have about our dynamic is um, uh, Drew and I are legally married. We are the biological parents of the children in this house. And we're also the primary parents of the children in the house. So there is sort of a hierarchical parenting dynamic where we make most of the decisions. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, I guess we make all the decisions, Mm -hmm. but like with your input and, and collaboration and participation. Yeah. Ideas. But ultimately the, the like legal financial and decision-making responsibility of parenting is mostly borne by us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that is uh, something that we talk about and something that I am enthusiastically for. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can talk, you know, more about what secondary caregiving is like and, you know, what I think is important about that, or at least for me, but -hmm. I just wanted to say that that's, Mm -hmm. that's not like a, you haven't been excluded. No, exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, and a thing to add too is um, we've been living together since the pandemic. So we we Kier moved in with us, and at the time we were living in Maryland with uh, it was Drew and I and the kids and my mom. We were all living in a house together, and Kier moved in in 2020, mm-hmm. and then we have since in in 2020 one mm-hmm. in summer of 2021, mm-hmm. we moved to Atlanta, all four of us, but my mom got her own place. And so we now live in Atlanta, just the three adults and the two kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. I imagine that the whole shower debacle is a lot more awkward if it's your mother rather than your partner. <laughs> she, huh? Fortunately, she had her own space in our house. <laughs> so she had her own oh. room, her own bathroom, yeah. her own office, like her own like living room space. Like she was very, um, she had like an in-law suite kind of deal, which yeah. was, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. So, but now she has very much her own space, but she's still very involved in our lives. Like she's over for dinner a lot. She cares for the kids a lot. Uh, I would say she doesn't live with us. She but made she's, a really great. Oh my god! She made great squash and potatoes tonight. Let oh, me tell you, it was so you. good. It was so good. Yeah. Um. So, so that that uh, she's very much involved in our our life on a daily, weekly basis as well, but yeah. just doesn't live with us anymore. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and so maybe backing backing up, what was the evolution of the three of you coming together? How did how did you arrive here? Not necessarily digging into each individual story, but just for the three of you, the trajectory to go from not being in a triad to being in a triad. <laughs> well, it started with started with you and and Kier. I mean, you met you met Kier. I think I, I met you. And I, I think it started with you and Libby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I mean, I, I first met you at a party that Libby and I went to. I don't think you even remember like meeting me at that party, but I remember you. Um, 
<laughs> Drew and I met in 2009. We met online. We moved in together, which is, I won't tell that story, but it's funny because um, we lived with his parents for like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't actually want to get married. I didn't want to have kids when I met him. I was not looking for anything serious. Uh, and we dated for like three months before he ever even like got up the courage to like, let me know that he was into me, which was so sweet. It's so (laughs) sweet. And it really is like, so part of who you are. Yeah. I mean, I had dated really ever. Uh, I mean, I've been married for years, more than a decade previous. And I'd been in only in long-term relationships, all of which were like Mm -hmm. friendships that fast converted directly into a relationship. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, and you were only like, what, about a year out of your marriage mm -hmm. before we met? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and technically still married at the time. Yeah. Va va boom. Salacious. And we weren't, we, well, and we had friends who were non-monogamous, both of us, like really close friends that were non-monogamous. And I remember we had this chat on OkCupid, I think either before we met or after we met, and I can't remember where we were both like, does that monogamy work? Do you think it works? I mean, it sounds fine, but like, I don't know. Um, (laughs) and then like, I think, um, you know, maybe less than a year into our relationship, somebody that was also in a, like an, a kind of an open, don't ask, don't tell kind of dynamic. Well, but not exactly, uh, wanted to date me. And I was like, I kind of asked you, I was like, what do you think? Could, could we do that? And because it was already pretty normal for us just because we had a lot of friends who were, who were in that practice. And you were like, yeah, "Yeah, okay. (laughs) And, um, and you know, I was really excited because this, this guy was like a, um, a swing dancer and he was really fun to dance with. And so I was like, Oh, this guy could be my dance boyfriend. Cause at the time you didn't swing dance, although you do. Oh, one of those swing dancers. Oh no, no, it was, it was, yeah, no, he, you know, we actually like, it, it didn't really go very far that relationship, but it was very exciting. And I think that it actually, it, this is going to sound really funny, but it was, you being cool with that Mm -hmm. and us really like being very open that actually made me go, Oh, I guess I could get married. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, like I was like, Oh, I mean, like if, if, if it doesn't mean that like we're doing it the way that I've seen it done, if we get to do it differently, Mm Then I was like, yeah, sure. Let's get married. Well, Cause your, your last relationship before me was someone that wanted to marry you, but also had a lot of like, he didn't want you to do certain things. He didn't want me and to that, go skinny dipping. And, and I that, was like, yeah, that was, that was, yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's a lovely guy, but mm-hmm. just, we had very different ideas about what fidelity meant. Yeah. And when you were so open and, um, and like had, had like just already just came to the table with like a very unconventional way, which I, you should talk about. I don't, know, I don't know why I was so cavalier about it, given that you know, my past <laughs> history and also other things that happened subsequent, well, but <laughs> you, say, you should say something about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I should start out saying like when I was growing up, I think I developed romance and like having romantic feelings long before sexual attraction or understanding relationships. Mm -hmm. And like my first really romantic, like feelings were for a whole group of people that I knew in high school, like a a bunch of kind of theater, queer, um, just the, the interesting weird kids in school that we all, we all hung out in the psychologist's office um, we all, uh, ate lunch together in a, in a special room the school had created for kids like us, which is kind of weird. 
um, but really cool. And like, I, I loved those group of that group of people, like love them like deeply. And as I'm far so as, jealous. as far as like dating went, like I, I kind of understood it, but I didn't connect those things together. Like the, they didn't mix. Um, and you know, later as I, as I matured, they did. Um, but I think the fact that I started out that way gave me kind of a weird perspective starting out on what it was like to be in relationships and what it was all about. Well, and I remember like even before, like we actually like started being like practicing non-monogamy with each Mm -hmm. other. One of the things that really struck me that you told me in your story of your relationship with your first wife was, Mm -hmm. um, that you, you lived with her and your best friend and that she and your best friend, I mean, I know it was like ultimately a painful sort of dramatic ending there, but like, but, but you had been open to this idea of like living with your best friend and your best friend being really close with your wife. And like, that was like, not a, like, that was, that was like a thing that was like cool and awesome Mm -hmm. for you. And I was, and I was like, yes, that's, that's the kind of life I want to live. I don't want to live in this two little people in a box. Like I never wanted that. (laughs) And to be clear, like, we only live two little people in a box for like what through two or three years out of our entire relationship. We've been together 13 years now and we've always lived with either my mom or my mom and Kier and, uh, and definitely like tiny humans, but like other adults too. As soon as as we had a kid, your mom was like grandkids. I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and it's, and it, and like you were on board with that, like living with my, your mother-in-law. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I just remember when you told me that about you living with your best friend and, um, and your wife, like in, in like having a family dynamic, the three of you, I was like, this is somebody who, who I could actually make a life with because you don't want to follow the rules. And that was, again, that was before like all of, all of this. Yeah. That was before I think the word queer platonic even existed. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe I I've never been good at understanding the rules. Which <laughs> 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 is really the problem. Yeah. Um, problem? No, no it's, it's a feature. It's a feature. <laughs> I, think, I think I should also say that, um, yeah, that my, that best friend is no longer a, a best friend and he is, he's currently living, living with and has a kid with my, my ex-wife. There's not a lot of rancor around that, but like it, it, that was part of the story the end of that relationship, yeah. not a cause, but something that was pretty awful. We could do a whole episode just on that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, no, well, I, I think what's, what's really interesting, Drew, is it sounds like almost your, sort of introduction to the ability, your recognition that you could love multiple people was in high school with a group of friends and sort of a, yeah, sort of a pseudo romantic, but, but not sexual way necessarily. Yeah. There was a lot of like, uh, kissing, you would cover another person's mouth and then make out with them, uh, make out with their hand in front of their mouth. And I did that so much. (laughs) There's a lot of just cuddling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't do that. We all, went to, we all went to very different high schools. I was going to say that that was not a thing <laughs> in my high school. I think that's great that you did. I mean, you know, I was a very late bloomer. Okay. And I was very socially awkward and, um, I did not have sex in high school. I did not do drugs in high school. I, sex in high school. I did not drink. I did not party. Uh, you know, I, I was, I was very much a rule follower, goody two shoes. Uh, but also like just, there was a lot yeah, I did okay. not understand. So, um, and you know, it, it tracks now that I understand myself to be on the asexual spectrum, like all that tracks, it's like, Oh, and then I, uh, you know, understanding myself to be not neurotypical 
oh, all that tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is what happens when you don't drink in high school. You wind up here doing this. <laughs> neither of us drank in high school either. No, we did not. Oh, yeah, like you have no idea. I didn't no, know. Don't, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worry, anyone who's listening. You can also drink in high school and still end up here. I thought we found the source of, of polyamory. I, I thought Christopher Ryan was wrong this whole time. It was actually not drinking in high school was the catalyst. But good. <laughs> Good. All right. Yeah. Welcome. All right. So, so you're so, all okay. You yeah, go. we have, so I guess talked a little bit about like Libby and Drew coming together and then a little bit about Kier and Drew coming together, but how about Libby and Kier? Yeah. Uh, I think we have, I mean, uh, so I got to tell you the, to situate us. Can I share just one thing? Yeah. This won't be one. I don't know why I lie to myself. I, I can't ever share just one thing. I'm not, no. I'm not ideologically capable of that. Um, we spent our Valentine's day morning engaged in what I think is like one of the most romantic things that you can do with each other, uh, which is couples counseling today. Uh, how many hours? Well, today it was just two hours, but we did an intensive of what? 20, 20 hours. But there were a few sessions that our, we had a really great, um, really, really amazing, incredible, um, practitioner with us who definitely gave us more than 20 hours. That's because she liked us. That's what I'm telling myself. (laughs) She just really liked us. She wanted to keep talking to us. Uh, and by the way, if any of my clients are listening, if I give you extra time, it is because I like you. Wow. Nice. Really, (laughs) truly. Um, and one of the things that I said and felt in that session is that we really have like a really truly expansive love story, mm. you know, like epic. That's how I feel we are is epic. We're still writing it and we're still writing it. Yeah. I don't want to, um, and I don't want to sensationalize it. Why not? Well, I don't want to be, yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Well, no, I'll no, just, I'll just take that. Why not? I love that. No, um, I, I was being glib. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I get, I get your point. Um, well, let me, let me situate, let me situate something, but, but I actually, you know what I really want to ask you? Sure. Because we met at a party. Mm -hmm. We met at a party in 2015 Mm -hmm. and I was very pregnant at the time with my second kid, like very pregnant, uh, visibly pregnant. And, uh, I was at this like sensual, all femme, non, non men, you know, party, a birthday party. And it was very playful and fun. And I didn't really know very many people there at all. Uh, and I definitely didn't know Kier. And I'm curious, like, what did you think of me (laughs) when you met me? Mm. I thought, damn, she must really be serious about wanting to be here and wanting to like build relationships friendships, community connections. I I think I had a lot of other thoughts too, but that's the one that I, that is very real, Mm. you know, cause you, you were very present and you were also nine months pregnant and all close to it. And like, that's 
generally speaking, like not a time when people are like, oh yeah, like time to start a new relationship. <laughs> I got plenty of time <laughs> on my hands now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that was how I felt for sure. And um, I, I was curious about it. Mm. I was I was very curious. And I at you know, I had done plenty of things non-traditionally, but aside from uh, a few friends here and there, and of course, like my own uh, family of origin, I didn't have a lot of experience with people doing family different on purpose. Mm. And to me, being in an open receiving state and an connecting state at that like time when so many people are really, especially in the Amato normative context of like nuclear family or what we perceive of as mm-hmm. nuclear family, mm-hmm. you know, when people are kind of in this closing off state. Oh yeah. To, really do the opposite. I thought that was really cool. Huh? I still do think it's really cool. That's cool. (laughs) That's cool (laughs) that you think that that's cool. Yeah. I mean, so we became friends, I think from there. And, um, I will say, uh, they pursued me pretty intensely. Um, well, I intensely is not quite the right word, but I, I was impressed by it because, you know, as much as I was really seeking connection and trying to build community for myself, um, because I found, uh, being a parent quite isolating and, uh, I wanted more, more in my life. I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't have a lot of energy, especially after I had said baby. And, um, it was very hard for me to like meet other people where they were at, you know, go more than 50% of the way to meet them. And Kier was really willing to go more than 50% of the way to meet me. And I remember like they lived in the city and we were kind of a little bit outside the city, but they would make the trek to where we were like the, the where, where we were in Silver Spring uh, to meet up with me. And I just felt like, gosh, they, they're really willing to go to some effort to, to meet me where I am. And that's amazing because that's what I need. And, and I, I mean, one thing I remember on a, kind of a relatively early date that we had where I think that we were. I think it was still in the, are we dating or are we not kind of place? Cause there was a definitely a period of time where oh, yeah. maybe we weren't quite clear on whether we were dating or not. And I was clear you were in myself, but I played the long game. We did not I'm have a still share. playing the long game. It's a very long game. Death. Um, honey. <laughs> it's a, but it, you know, we didn't have a shared reality on that. I think. And I just remember like noting that we are so we were so different, you yeah. know, you're just oh, yeah. very this is different. At I remember. Yeah. 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 And, and we were kind of, and we do tend to do this quite a bit actually is to <clears throat> debate something like we were debating something. And I think it had to do with like reproductive rights or something like that. And, you know, one thing that I'm really grateful for, uh, in have in my relationship with Kier is that they do bring often like regularly with great intention, a very different perspective on something. And for me, I think I had definitely slipped away from being like, I wasn't, I was, I I think I'd slipped away from some of my unconventional ways of thinking and some of my more radical viewpoints. And I felt them really pull me hard towards 
not getting too stuck in my own tiny little world of being like a white middle-class suburban mom. And I didn't want to be there anyway, you know? (laughs) And, but I just, I, but I didn't have any, I mean, I, a lot of the like poly friends that I had been making were also in that demographic of being coupled, of having children, of owning a home. Uh, I mean like all of this stuff that, and so like there was a lot of like echo chamber among some of the friends that I had and Kira was just like, really not like that. And I was like, Oh wow, that's so different. And it really, um, it brought up a lot for me of other parts of me that I had not really been able to express and, um, and found connection around. And so, you know, I mean, like we all kind of like become like the people we spend a lot of time around, you know, that's, that's kind of like shown to be true. And I I really was seeing, I, I, and like, it really was kind of a, a, I don't know. And that's what I'm going to interrupt you. Um, (laughs) because I want to return to something that you said and just agree with it and add to it. And the thing that you said was that I really relentlessly pursued you. That's great. Um, And that is very true. But the way that I would put it, you know, is that like Drew, I am a very romantic person. Mm. Um, I have a lot of, I have other people, you know, besides Libby and Drew that are very like important and meaningful in my life, but I don't even know that I would say like the so many partners I have or something like that, because I, I have just this tendency to attach romantic feelings towards my friends. Um, mm. and that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, in a sexual way, Gosh, that's something we all have in common, but mm. I, I, mm. you know, it, it goes deep for me and I have a lot of effort to give. And in my, romantic relationships up to that point. And a lot of them, there was just a consistent mismatch, you know, where I wouldn't, it it wasn't possible for a variety of reasons for the woman that I'd been dating at the time to receive me. And so when I felt the like level of enthusiasm that I felt back from you in pursuing you that really like egged me on. (laughs) And I think we actually have a great pattern in our relationship of egging each other on. And that has gone to some dark places as well. (laughs) And there's like a lot of, there's a lot of joy and potential and, um, uh, breath there. And I think we, we, you know, my, my hope is that, I think we egg each other on sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think we're still working on the three of us egging each other on. Um, But I think we do it. We feed each other a lot of eggs. We do feed each other a lot of of eggs. Which is an expensive endeavor these days. It is. Egg household. (laughs) We eat a lot of eggs. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I, I, I think you all have such amazing and we talked before recording like how do we get three amazing origin stories bring them all together into the power ranger origin story (laughs) where where everybody's forces combined and i don't think it would be possible even in a five-hour podcast so i I, 
Yeah, I know whatever one... came out of the five-hour podcast, I think we'd all <laughs> no. find ways of disagreeing with it eventually. Yeah, we need a Twitch channel. No, thanks. <laughs> Just no, no, I'm not serious. I'm not, I'm not serious. That okay. would be awful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but maybe, maybe picking up on, like bringing, bringing it back to not necessarily present day today, but present ish mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. and the, the day to day living, how, how three of you coexist on the daily with kids Kind of where we started with the shower. So yeah, the shower, right? The the dynamic of the three of you, right, you've talked about secondary parenting and how that happens. And, mm-hmm. and I imagine there's a handful of people listening who are hoping to glean something from how do three people live together flat out without anything. And then you add in kids, you add in everything else. How do you do that? And that's not to discount any other partners who are in the in the fray as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. We have to meet a lot. I mean, we yeah. meet regularly to plan out how things, because like who, what, who's picking up what kid where and going to be with them when, especially yeah. during the pandemic when the kids were home. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. We, we really had to hardcore go into planning. Um, and with your mom and your mom is still part of those meetings now, yeah. but that's like, that sets up all the logistics of all of the stuff we got to do. And I think without that, we'd be a mess. Yeah. I mean, I would say to piggyback on that, the thing that, the thing that I would say my answer is, is that we need a high degree of collaboration and that's actually hard to do, I think. And I want to just like, like the, the level of collaboration that, that we have to do. I mean, it is, it it does involve meetings and sort of like (laughs) scheduling things and figuring things out and strategizing around things and also not making assumptions of each other and not, and, and being careful not to like coerce anybody. And, 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 and I guess this is where the thing that I want to say is that like when you're, especially when you're raising kids, like even with two parents getting on the same page can be tricky you know, getting on the same page about like how you're going to discipline them, what they're, what would be the appropriate things to feed them. And when, and especially when they're little and they're not, you know, making those decisions so much for themselves and you're really trying to create healthy habits or like decisions around how to respond when something, you know, needs to be different or something needs to shift in, in what's happening, whether it's like a kid gets upset and slams the door or, or, you know, things are messy and how do you handle domestic labor? How do you handle, um, I mean, all of these things that go into a household, it's difficult to coordinate with just two people who might have two very, you know, different ideas about like how you want to do it. And I mean, I would say, fortunately, Drew and I don't have a lot of differences in how we want to do things. Like we have, we have, we have some minor things that, um, that, that where we kind of, we have some tension, but like who doesn't, you know? And so when I say like a high degree of collaboration, like even when you're not in the position of making decisions, it's so important (laughs) to be capable of doing that. And I think also parenting is extremely vulnerable because I don't know about, I mean, I don't want to speak for every single parent out there, but for me, when things are going, when things are difficult, sometimes I feel like a failure. Sometimes I feel vulnerable. Sometimes I feel like, oh my God, I hope nobody's watching this. You know, I hope nobody's, I hope my kids forget this day happened. Um, I just said something, you know, horrible from a triggered wounded place in me. And like, and I mean, 
we have those days, right? And to have those be observed and commented on <laughs> by someone uh, is is just incredibly uncomfortable. And again, like you know, I feel like we handle each other with so much compassion and so much tenderness around stuff like that. And we've, but we've also had to really learn things like, you know, don't pile on each other. Like if, if one parent or one adult is making like a disciplinary point with a kid, like don't come in actually and say it again on top of them, even though you think you're, you think you're supporting them, but actually you're just kind of like piling on the poor kid, you know? (laughs) Wait, will you repeat that? And then let's do a subheading that we can all attached to because oh. I, I really liked this question or you were starting to get at this question of like what actionable or digestible like nuggets of wisdom yeah. would you give people who are engaged in like the kind of alternative family structure that you know or any any alternative family structure that if you're listening to this you feel yeah. some kind of connection or that you might you know, that that you might be interested in Mm. what nuggets of wisdom we have. And and I think what the one that you just shared is really in that category. Yeah. You're giving people, giving people space to figure it out is so important. And I think that's important for like all different, like not just interacting with kids and parenting kids, but I think giving people space to figure it out and not involving yourself when somebody is doing their thing, even if they're doing it wrong. Even if they're doing it in a way that you wouldn't do it, even if they're doing it in the way that they said they wouldn't do it, you still have to like, let them. Cause if you're trying to intervene in the moment, unless something really like, unless they're clearly like they've had it and they need you to tap, tap in and tap them mm-hmm. out and they actually need help. Um, you got to kind of take a step back. And, um, and that can be really hard because we're all really invested. <laughs> we care a lot. So, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I would say that's a big one and we do have to talk about that a lot to get on the same page about it, you know? Uh, what would you say? I, I was just really quick going to offer that I think that that is even a skill that I think is valuable in a two-person parenting dynamic yes. to not to not show up and either pile on the kid or undercut your partner oh, or God. Yeah, all, don't do that. all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. And so I also had this vision in my mind of the, this, you know, the kid comes to you and says, I want this. And it's the old, well, ask your mother. And then, <laughs> and now, and now you've got the, and, and then Libby, you get the class, like, well, or, or Drew, I guess like, well, I already asked her. Well, fine. Ask here. I don't know. Just ask somebody else. Ah, just, we, yeah. you have to, you have to that, well, they'll shop around actually, for the answer they want. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the yeah. primary reason truly why I, um, do not call myself a parent. Um, because, you know, I will do just about anything, but I will not decide when and when not the screens are going to (laughs) happen. I just don't, I can't handle that question being directed at, I don't know. I I have so much love and compassion for the two of you because the amount of times, you know, um, and, and things like that, the decision-making power, the authority power, you know, I, uh, that's just, not something that I, um, I mean, you know, the place that I come to, that I came to caregiving with the two of you is that I was first interested in getting to know you, right. But I was mm-hmm. interested in the caregiving element. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really disinterested in kids entirely. Oh yeah. Very distanced. And then I became kind of neutral and then it became incidental. Um, 
And then it became necessary for a part of time during the pandemic. And then it became natural as a part of the way that we live together, but not exclusively natural because you we're, we're building something, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's something that's being constructed. The thing that I wrote down Libby that I would offer as my actionable advice. And I really offer this humbly because I understand that it is not always possible or accessible vacations. Hmm. Vacations are really the time that I think can be really important to us as a family unit Mm -hmm. because it creates like stories that we have that are shared and a, and a kind of a container that we share together. Mm -hmm. And specifically the fact that we're kind of not either working a lot less or not working at all means that we're scheduling together in a different way than we do in the day to day. So my advice is vacation if you can. (laughs) <laughs> and and feel how important it is. Yeah. And and put intention and care towards making that time valuable in in every way. Yeah. But don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. And when you say vacation, like you're meaning all of you together. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then also time apart. Like yeah. yes, there's there's importance there too. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, being not a parent is, I mean, it's really important to me. I think it's really important to you. Yeah. Um, I think, and, and I gotta say, that's actually, I mean, sort of a, a kind of a wonderful thing when you have, uh, a multi adult household is that it's a little bit more accessible for Drew and I to get away because like, it's actually much easier for one of us to get away with here or one of our other partners than it is for us to get away together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's a little more accessible, um, because you are up for putting the kids to bed sometimes, uh, you're, you know, but I also want to say there that it's really not just me because I, I really want to honor all of the other like extended family relations that we have that I see a lot of like Mm -hmm. shared crossover with, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that is where, you know, it gets tricky. It, I mean, you know, uh, it, it, what was it you had joked about like living with one in-law, like imagine having like two or three or even more sets of in-laws. And all of those family <laughs> members feel differently about it, you know. Drew, what was your what was your thoughts on maybe? Oh yeah, what's the nugget that you'd give on on the parenting or just living yeah. together? Yeah. Well, it could be anything. Yeah, yeah. I think living together. Yeah. Any of it for me, obviously, like staying staying out of important conversations that you all have had, especially when they're upsetting conversations, and like. Knowing, knowing when it's not my, even though I'm there, it's not my thing to jump in on and have opinions on, or, I mean, it it becomes really important when there's three people to never be in a place where you're playing anyone against each other or your, because like, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time talking to both of you 
um, separately about the things that are going on in your lives or upsetting you and providing comfort. But like when it's stuff between the two of you, then it's, it's really important to still be able to provide that, but not, <laughs> you know, be like, Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm taking your side or I'm taking your side mm-hmm. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard line to walk. I love that though, because, um, I mean, that speaks to boundaries, right. You know, of just like, and, and I guess it goes back to the thing that I said about like letting, like when you're with a kid, letting, letting that relationship play out how it needs to play out. And I think it's the same with all three of us and those, those different dyads, like I shouldn't be stepping in on the two of you and what's going on between the two of you, but I can support each of you if you're having a moment. And, and all, and all the way you're around. impacted by it too. That's you know, true. we're all in the ecosystem together. So it really is like a, a dance. When I, I have to figure, I mean, cause I, I am the one who most often switches beds and switches back and forth. And the person that like goes to sleep with someone that, that in, in the, stru- in, in the structure, you heroically of our- gave up your bedroom for a child. Stop. And- <laughs> Um, in the structure of our lives, like that is usually some of the only times we have to really talk to each other, right? Like to sit down and talk to you on two, because our days are so busy. Like it's one thing after another until the kids go to sleep and it's basically time for us to go to bed. Yeah. Right. And so like, if a big thing has happened and one of you is really upset and I was going to spend the night in someone else's room, that that's, that can be tough, you know, like, because it, you could see how it could easily play into like some sense of favoritism. Oh yeah. Right. So this, it's really stressful sometimes. Like, you know, when I feel like one person really needs my support, um, but like, are you going to sleep with the other one? I'm going to sleep with the other one. Um, and you know, that's, I think sometimes saying I'm still going to do that is important because Mm. like I'm, you know, I, I need a place to sleep. (laughs) Well, you know, but there have been times where I have said, you know, Hey, I think maybe, maybe tonight that, you know, Kier might really appreciate your company Yeah, and like, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, and I think there have been times when I've said like, I, I really need your company and, and we've never really ever like played that in any kind of way, but in a compassionate way with each other. (laughs) I love it. So I had a question that that I'm going to call it a listener question. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's in the voice of the listener. Okay. And maybe maybe kind of a fun way to sort again, knowing that we could do this till till next Valentine's Day. <laughs> the theme here has been it's complicated, right? It's not it's not straightforward. And I think the question is why? Why would anybody do something this complicated when there are much simpler ways to live your life? Pick me. Oh, you can go now. Each, each one of you gets a, it's a turn. It's round robin. Don't worry. <laughs> I uh, love that question. And I find myself in a very lucky position that I, I did not have a moment where I had to come out to myself knowing that I was queer you know, knowing that I was genderqueer, knowing that I was queer, knowing like I, I was already straight from the womb, total weirdo <laughs> in there. And what I got to say is that the weirdos are having a better time. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm 
And I think that in fact, I am not interested in the binary of, you know, the, the, the people who are doing it conventionally and the people who are doing it unconventionally, because every, I have yet to meet a conventional person. Everyone that I've ever met that I think like, oh, wow, you're really like, you know, straight laced at a certain point in my knowing them, whether it's our intimacy and relation or just noticing or my own perspectives shifting and growing, uh, I'm like, no, you know, this actually is absolutely complicated. I think everybody's already doing complicated. That's Mm. my answer. I think everything, I think it's already this complicated for everyone. Mm. You might as well like choose joy. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. For me, it's such a, it's just the reward is so high for me. I know for myself that I'm a very multifaceted person. And I think I, these days I spend a lot of time at home and I spend a lot of time in family situations and family dynamics. And I wouldn't want to do that with just one person. Like I just wouldn't want to do that. And I never did. Like I never wanted that. And it's not that anybody's any, but any one person, it's not that like Drew's not enough or Kier's not enough or, you know, I'm not enough. It's nothing like that. It's just that like, the, 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 the ways in which we three in particular, but I would have to say pretty much anybody who's in my close relational (coughs) ecosystem. And I would include Tom in this. I would include my best friend, Megan in this. I would include, include my good friend, Alice in this. Like I would include, like, there's a, there's a balancing and a, um, a re-regulating force that comes from being, having these multiple deep connections for me. I think that if it was just Drew and I, we'd be fine, but there would be these ways that we would be like overcorrecting or undercorrecting within ourselves. And there'd be these places where we wouldn't have any, anywhere to put a particular part of us or a particular, you know, it's not even a need. Cause I think we would like, we're actually pretty good at like, if we can't get our need met with each other, we're pretty good at getting our own needs met, you know, or whatever. But like, it's more, it's, it's more like, I don't know, like the, like, and maybe part of it is because like, we're all neurodivergent. And so like, um, there are just places where certain things are really difficult for me and they're really easy for Drew and, or they're really easy for Kier. And so it's just like, we balance each other really, really well in, in so many ways. And I just feel like that's, there's probably a place where that tops out. You know, there's probably a place where that ability for one person who just can't for another person to come in and kind of prop them up and another person to kind of prop that up. And like, it it just builds a stronger structure. I think like a triangle is stronger than a board, you know, (laughs) um, like, like in architecture even. And I just think that that's probably true. Like if for a four legged table or for a five legged, whatever you call or a geodesic dome, you know, I'm too woo woo about it, but you know, we want to be like mushrooms Ah, with the connected ecosystems. But like, I mean, and it's, and it's not about just like, you know, the joke of monogamy in this economy, you know, like lower, you know, like more Mm -hmm. people to share domestic labor, more people to share living expenses. I mean, all that stuff is great. But again, with the wrong mix, it would, it it would be really, it might not be, (laughs) but like this mix, this one right here, it feels like, like magic, like alchemy, like, 
I don't know how it could exist any other way. And so I guess like, I wouldn't say that I was looking for this dynamic, you know, I wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't, Drew and I weren't looking for a third. I met Kier, we were in a casual relationship and it was pretty chill for a while. And then it got deeper and then they fell madly in love with each other. And then they like, then things became, became more domestic, just sort of naturally and really slowly. And it's, and then it just became this thing where it's like, how could it not be exactly this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that like, this is a thing that I'm doing that I can talk about. Like this is the result of me making the choices that made sense without being blocked by people saying, Oh, you can't do that. Right. Right. Like these, these are the choices that I made to be close to people that rewarded me for being close to them. Mm. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So that's what happened. (laughs) And that's how it is. Um, there's no, there's no need to put a a label on it or a brand. Right. Well, and, and it's like, so if you are trying to do a particular relationship configuration and it is too difficult or too complicated, like maybe that's, yeah, maybe that ain't it. (laughs) Maybe you need to like really be open to the unfurling and see what, yeah. Slow down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I also think the monogamy in this economy joke fell apart with egg inflation. I just want to say, <laughs> <laughs> ain't, no. ain't nobody can afford eggs anymore. I, we could talk for hours, as we've said. Is there before we wrap this up? Like, is there anything? Any last thoughts? Closing thoughts from from each of you. Oh, I had, you know, I did have kind of like a um, a soapbox moment that I wanted to have about caregiving. Can I do that? I mean. I don't have informed consent, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Thing that I would say about caregiving that I think is really important for people who might be in my position to know. And when I say my position, what I mean is if you find yourself having through circumstance or choice, or just like a combination of those playing a role in kids lives there is not anything that excludes you from the right to do that besides like there's no rule other than you being non-coercive with yourself and others and it is very valuable and enriching and if you find yourself thinking you know, I really don't want to be a parent, but I am perhaps not. I I think a lot of people, especially of my generation are really distant from like the desire to have kids. And I understand that. And I have a lot of empathy for that. And I also want to invite anyone who's already questioning it to like free, write. You know, don't try to check the boxes, just go slow and trust yourself and other people, which is a lot harder than it is. It's a lot harder to do than to say, but I, I just wanted to say it's worth it. Yeah. That's my, that's my soapbox. No. And I, I really appreciate you saying that because I think, you know, if there are, I mean, I think that there's a lot of like a lot of, conversation right now about 
And perhaps it's partly because we have this experience, a lot of us as parents ex- had this experience in the pandemic of, of like feeling like we had to be this closed circuit of like caregiving for our kids and like no one could be allowed in, you know? And I think there's, there's this kind of mindset of that in general, but I think because that was crushing for a lot of parents, there's this desire to like be more including of other adults in, in caring for kids and it doesn't have to be other parents. Like if you are not a parent, that doesn't mean you have to, that you're not, that you're like not qualified <laughs> to be involved in a kid's life yeah. and that you're not qualified to support a parent. And, you know, obviously like Kier said, you don't want to do that in a way that's not with the participation of the parents and with their, you know, with their blessing and guidance and all of that kind of stuff. But like, don't exclude yourself if that's something yeah, that you're interested in because, um, (laughs) we need it. We, we, we all need it. You know, I think as a society, we, I mean, as a society, one of the things that makes me really sad is the way we exclude kids. Yeah. Kids are actually really interesting people. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. and they are people. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And they're not really included in society, um, a lot and I want them to be more and, that talk about yeah i know that's a, a podcast episode yeah, yeah. I, I mean i think it's i think it's really wonderful that you have this experience of being in a in a family of being in a multi-generational household because i'm not i'm not sure in you know conventional structures you don't want to have kids you know that wasn't ever part of your plan um, but you still wanted family and connection and no, that, I know, did not. I was family. afraid. You I, you know, <laughs> the thing is I really, um, I came from a, like many people, I came from a challenging family background and I wanted to run as far away from that as possible. And instead I ran right into your arms. Uh, I was looking <laughs> where I was going, but I was not very, um, <laughs> You know, uh, no, I guess more generally, <laughs> I, I, I like that there is more possibility out there for people who have very different backgrounds and hopes for themselves and their, their life that they can still form different relations, you know, multi-general, multi-generational relationships that are fulfilling and bring them in touch with people of all walks of life and, and families, what you make it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I say different, different family structures, you know, yeah. family is what you make it. Yeah. 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 And, and that means you got to make it. You got to make it. Good luck. But make it and make it on your terms and let it unfurl. And well, cause by choosing not to make it, you are making something. Love it. Maybe that's where we leave it. Yes. Would that, so, would that, would that feel complete to the three of you? Yeah. Thank you for letting me have my little moment. <laughs> of course. Of course. It was an excellent addition. Yeah, I know we also we also asked for, for final thoughts. I don't want to take that opportunity away from from Drew or Libby either. Yeah. So. No, I think we're I think yeah, that I think feels complete we to all, me. Uh, yeah, we all had our final thought. Yeah, love okay. it. Well then, until next time. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you all for coming on and sharing and staying up late on your Valentine's night. Are you kidding? We get to sit here and talk about how much we love each other for like <laughs> over an hour. It's like yeah, this is an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're, you. you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. We didn't do that much talking, but no. you're welcome. <laughs> Easiest interview we ever did. So thank you all. We appreciate it. And have a have a beautiful I think you're evening. Like, no, I think no not at all. I think that was a very it was, a, it was amazing that. having the three way to say that. Thank you. No. The three of you interviewing one another was a delight. And we just got to listen and and, and be a part of it. So I I was it was amazing it was amazing truly thank you yes (laughs) and have a fantastic rest of your valentines thank you thank you guys thank you good night and we're back wasn't that fun that was fun that was fun (laughs) i always have fun we had so much fun spending valentine's day with the whole crew and just Yeah, love this conversation. Thank you, Libby, Karen, Drew, for everything that you shared. Thank you, Tom, for being being present and part of it too. And yeah, just we're excited to get this out there. A quick reminder, you can find Libby's work too on her website, links in the show notes, including all of the amazing episodes of Making Polyamory Work. Yes, and how to sign up for her coaching and different programs she's running, which are always ever changing and incredible. We've been a part of some of them in the past. We have. Yeah. The relational non-monogamy circle, highly recommend it. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Next week. Nope, before that. I a, know. A quick, was a, I was I was seeing if you were on top of it. A quick well reminder a quick reminder that we have a virtual meet and greet coming up on April 29th. These are open to anyone. You just must be open-minded and respectful. To sign up, go to our website normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the events tab. Can I tell them about next week yet? Now next week. Next week. Next week we have an awesome conversation with Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the founder of an app called Amorous, which is an amazing app, and we're super excited to talk about it. It's fun. It's basically sexy games. Yeah, it's you- games to like liven up your relationships. Well, yeah, I suppose if you want to just if you just want to say it like that. I had a I had a whole way of saying it, but I love it. Okay, no, go, no. Go, what were you gonna say? I didn't no, mean no, to interrupt. No, it's and perfect. Take over. Oh, you did it. <laughs> It's perfect. We also actually, it was fun. We got to we got to see Elizabeth just the other night. We, we did. We went to a show that she happened to be at. She happened to hook us up with some tickets, and that was fun. Yeah, it was. All right. So we'll see everybody next week for this wonderful conversation with Elizabeth. We hope you enjoyed this week with Libby, Karen, Drew, and we hope you do have an awesome weekend. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.